So back in 2019, the British actress Jenna Coleman told this story about this embarrassing situation that, had for, that happened to her in Leeds train station. She went to go and buy a sandwich before boarding her train, and as she passed the sandwich over to the guy at the counter, he looked at her and said, do you want to go for a drink? Well, she, she smiled politely and replied to him and just said, I, I'm really sorry, that's very kind of you, but I've already got a boyfriend. To which he said, no, 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 it's a meal deal. Do you want to go for a drink with your sandwich? Like, how embarrassing. And what, what a great example of miscommunication. Well, this morning, we are kicking off a brand new series for the next two months, which is called Your Part in God's Story, where we're going to be looking and engaging with this, the Bible, in a way that we never have before. Perhaps the most misunderstood and miscommunicated book of all. Like, how well do we know this book? Do we know what it is? Do we know what it's about? Have we misunderstood it? What is the Bible? Now, let me be clear, first of all, what the Bible absolutely isn't. Let me show you something, okay? Do you know what these are? These are all of the instruction manuals that I have gathered from all the appliances and products in my home over the years. And they usually are not in this bag. They're usually hiding in a large bottom drawer in one of my rooms, never ever to be looked at unless in case of great emergencies. And a lot of people think that the Bible is essentially like that. It's just some instruction manual that is hidden away in our house or maybe hidden away these days on our phone only to be pulled out in the case of emergencies when we need a reassuring or a comforting word. Now, I don't know about you. Maybe you're different, but I don't know anyone who gets excited about an instruction manual. I don't know anyone who keeps an instruction manual by the side of their bed. And whilst the Bible does offer some instruction about how to live the life that God created us to live, this book is so much more than that. It's interesting that decades ago, Mahatma Gandhi, he once said this about the Bible. He said, you Christians look after a document containing enough dynamite to blow all civilization to pieces, to turn the world upside down, to bring peace to a war-torn, battle-torn planet. But you treat it as though it's nothing more than a piece of literature. Now, again, let's face it, Mahatma Gandhi, who was not a Christian, would not say that if this book was just an instruction manual. This is the best-selling book of all time, and it continues to be the best-selling book of all time by an absolute mile. And again, that would never be true about an instruction manual. And the interesting thing is that throughout history, people have literally been executed, tortured for translating this book, for sharing this book, even owning this book, and it still happens today. Like right now, friends, there are countries in the world where this book is banned because it's considered dangerous, which means that not only is it the best-selling book of all time, in fact, it's the most smuggled book of all time like no other book. What is it about this book that's so potent, so powerful, so challenging, so provoking that people want to ban it? Well, in the Bible, there's the Old Testament and the New Testament. And in the New Testament, there's a book called Hebrews. And the writer says this 
in one verse in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. He says, the word of God is alive and powerful. It's sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joints and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. Now, interestingly, this word for alive, when it says the word of God is alive, is the Greek word zao, not zeo, it's zao. And it literally means something that's flowing with life. Like, like, picture it like this, that imagine a, a beautiful, flowing, refreshing stream that for thousands of years has kept flowing and, and people have knelt at its banks over all of the years and found refreshment and, and their thirsts quenched. It was true a thousand years ago, it was true 2,000 years ago, still true today. That river that is flowing is still providing refreshing for people. And that's the picture that the author is saying when he says that this book is, is alive. It is flowing with refreshing life if we're willing to humble ourselves and to drink it in. And he says that when you do drink it and when you bring it into your being, not just read it, but embrace it, you discover, the writer says, that it is powerful. It's alive, he says, and it's powerful. That word is the Greek word energes. Sounds like energy, doesn't it? And that's because that's essentially what it connects with. It's saying that as we tap into, as we drink from this flowing river of life that is God's word, we discover that it gives us energy. It gives us power to be positively and wonderfully changed. Like we've already heard that today as people have encountered Jesus, uh, whose story is told in this book, and this whole book points to him. They, they talk about how their lives has been changed. They found peace. They found hope. Even in the toughest of times, they have found comfort. And the reason that this book is able to be so transformational in people's lives is the writer says that it has the ability to leapfrog it has the ability to leapfrog over the noise and the clamor of our culture and the struggles and the battles within the very core of our being and get to the very deepest part of our mind, body, and soul. Like right now, our world is saturated with self-help books. This is not a self-help book. It's a divine help book. It doesn't offer just a few helpful principles for a healthy life. It offers you and I, every single person on the planet, a life-giving, loving, eternal relationship with the creator of the whole universe and the breathtaking invitation to be part of his big story. Because ultimately, my friends, that's what this book is. It is a story. It's God's big story of the whole of creation. Like, think about it this way. Like today, we're all gathered here, and some of us have gathered here for the first time. And because we're here, we have on this day, in this moment, become part of the story of these seven people. We've become part of Ethan's story, part of Catherine's story, Jessica's story, because in this chapter of their lives, we find ourselves playing a part in their story. And the Bible is the story of all stories. It's the book of all books. It's the, it's the big story, which is the canopy under which all of our personal stories reside. And it challenges us to reject a heads-down, tunnel-visioned, self-centered individualism and look up and reach out and jump in to this bigger, better, more awesome story that we were created for. 
The unfolding stories in this book, told across 66 chapters over 1,500 years by 40 different authors, reveal an unfolding story which ultimately is a love story, a wild and adventurous love story of a God who loves us so much that he would do everything he can, even dying on a cross through Jesus Christ to rescue us from the consequences of rejecting him as the source of life, to get us back into his family. Author Mark Iaconoli put it this way. He said this, The sacred stories found in the Bible are part of the great story of God through Jesus reconciling the world. But we do more than just tell these stories. We believe and live into these stories. We allow these stories to penetrate our understanding of life, to form and shape us, to guide and articulate our experience. These stories in the Bible, they help us repent, heal, learn, grow, and stretch forward into God's love and wholeness. These stories in, the, in this book, they challenge us, they provoke us, they encourage us, they comfort us. Let me be honest, sometimes they disturb us. That's why the Bible is, is not simply to be read, it's to be experienced, it's to be acted upon, it's to be spoken about, it's to be questioned, it's to be de- debated over and grappled with. It's to be loved and lived as we discover our true identity and purpose. The reason that we're all created is to know this God, live with him and join in with what he's doing in the world. Embracing that bigger story. You know, some of us run the risk of spending the whole of our lives wishing we were the understudy in someone else's life. And yet God has invited you to play a lead role in your life and not living anyone else's, becoming all that he created you to be in your unique life. And all of this no doubt raises big questions. I've got big questions and I've been following Jesus most of my life. Like, How can we trust this book? How did it come together? How do we know when we're reading it? Is it historical? Is it poetic? Is it metaphor? Is it wisdom? What about some of those difficult, troubling passages? Why does it sometimes appear to contradict itself? How do I get into it? And more importantly, how do I get that life, that refreshing that has power to change me, how do I get it into me? These are the questions, friends, that we're going to explore in the next two months. That's why I want to encourage you, be part of a Zio group that's looking at the Bible course where we can together grapple with these big questions and this great story. And every Sunday, starting next Sunday, we're going to journey literally through the whole story in eight or nine weeks from Genesis to Revelation and see how God chose people, invited people through incredible encounters with him to play their part in living the fulfilled life he created them for in their moment, in their generation, as he aims, as he seeks, as he will restore a broken world. Because by the way, Gandhi was actually right. This story is the big story of God's revolution bringing peace to a battle-torn planet and inviting you and I to play our part in that big story. Like, why settle for anything less? Like, we've all seen in the last two or three days as people battle over petrol, like they battled over toilet rolls uh, a year ago. The self-centered, self-preservation story doesn't work. Our whole society will fall apart if we do. Jesus invites us into a bigger story, a better story, which is other-focused, Jesus-focused, and brings goodness and kindness and generosity in a world that is so counter to that. You know, this morning, 
in just a few minutes, we're going to baptize some people. This word baptize in the Greek language literally means to immerse, to soak, to drench. We are going to soak them. We're going to drench them. We're going to put them fully under. And, And as we think about being baptized in water, I want to encourage you as I finish to be baptized into God's word, to immerse yourself, to jump into it, to to be drenched in it, to soak yourself in it and dare to see what it might do for you. Five five quick things as you do that. Number one, join one of those Zio groups. Go to zeochurch.com forward slash groups and just try out one of the Bible courses that start this week or next week. Secondly, later today, if you get the Zio emails, you will receive every Sunday from now on for these next eight or nine weeks, five short passages from the Bible that we're going to read over these two months that will help us understand the whole story. If you don't get those emails, then again, go to zeochurch.com forward slash connect, put in your email mobile, and we'll share those things with you. So so we're going to read the Bible together over these next eight or nine weeks. Thirdly, as you come to read the Bible, I want to encourage you to have a moment where you pause and dare to pray this prayer. Even if you're not a Christian, even if you think maybe I'm a spiritual person, even if you think this book is rubbish, to dare to pray a prayer, God, I want you to speak to me. Even God, if you're real, I want you to speak to me. I want something in the story that I'm about to read to stir something in my story. That's the third thing. Fourthly, and why don't you chew it over with a friend? If you read something that's troubling and difficult, which we will do from time to time, that's why we read the Bible together. Chew it over with a friend. But the most important thing of all is to say yes to the big story of God. The story of us being healed and whole. The story of us discovering our true identity and purpose in the world. Say a big yes. Recommit a big yes, just like these friends have done today. Right at the end of our time, after we've baptized people, we're going to take a moment and we're going to pray that prayer. Invite Jesus to be more the King, the Lord, the Savior of our lives. And so I want to uh, pray a prayer for all of us in this moment. Maybe this is a moment of recommitting ourselves to Jesus. Maybe this is a moment to, to pray, God, if you're really there, maybe I need you like these people do. And so I just want to invite you wherever you are and all of us who are in this place right now to be open to the reality that you are created, you are known, you are loved, you were died for, you were risen for, and that God wants you to have the very best life, not just now, but for all eternity. And so I, I want to just pray that. And so As followers of Jesus, essentially, we pray every day just three things. And I'm going to pray those three things now. And so why don't you just bow your head right where you are as I pray. And think about, as I'm praying this prayer, could you say amen to these words? That word amen, essentially, is just simply saying yes. May that be true for me. And so here's the prayer. The prayer is this. Father God, thank you that you loved me so much that you died on a cross for me in Jesus and that you rose again so that I could be forgiven and experience life forever with God. I'm sorry that I have lived my life as the leader of my own life. I admit that I can't do it and that I need you. Forgive me for things that I have said or done 
or even thought that I know ultimately have hurt me, hurt other people, hurt your world. Wipe that slate clean. Give me a brand new start. And now would you help me for the rest of my life to live with you, Jesus, as the center of my life, that I would become like you, free and whole and joining in, playing my part in your big story to bring peace on earth. Amen. Amen. If if you perhaps prayed that prayer for the very first time today, if you're in the room, then come and speak to me afterwards. And if you're at home and you're watching this either live or pre-recorded, I, I want to invite you to go to zochurch.com forward slash connect and just leave a little message there with your email or mobile because I'd love to follow back up with you and and, uh, and help you explore more, maybe explore some of your questions. We, we run a course that only just started last week called the Alpha Course. It's only just begun. It runs on Tuesday night, live and on Zoom. And it's a great space in the comfort of your home to just explore some of these big questions about Jesus. All the doubts, all the, all the quarrels, all the issues you may have with it, be part of the Alpha Course. You join online with a bunch of people who I promise will become good friends. And you watch a short video and then you talk about it. That's all. And there are people on the Alpha Course who aren't sure about any of this stuff. And so if that's you, then, then the Alpha Course may be good for you too. zeochurch.com forward slash alpha. So God bless you. We'd love to hear back from you.